Welcome to the Family Podcast, featuring our family, the Larsons. Growing up, I loved to hear the phrase, I remember when, because it meant we were going to hear a good story. We could always count on a fun retelling of past events, a lot of laughter, and often some wise words. I hope with this podcast I can share a little of what I have experienced. On this episode, we'll hear from Alex and his time in the Army. Included in this episode will be Alex and a number of people he met in the Army, whom he describes. And now, we hope you enjoy The Cooks in the Kitchen. The story of how Alex became a cook in the Army is one of my favorites. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to get him on record. At least, I haven't been able to bring my recording equipment down and and talk to him about it again. So for now, I'll give you my remembering of him telling the story. Not quite the same, but until I can get him on record, this will have to do. Alex was told when he went into the army to keep his head down, not to volunteer for anything and serve his time in the army, just get done. But everyone was told this, so the officers had to get creative in how they filled different positions. One day, Alex's unit was asked if anyone knew how to drive a tractor. Alex raised his hand and said he could. The officer said, oh, so you can drive a tractor. That means you must farm. That means you work with food. Congratulations. You are a new cook. I'm sure I got portions of the story wrong, but I believe that was the gist of it. Now we pick up with Alex being the baker at Fort McCoy in Wisconsin. Hundred and fifty-five pounds. When I went in the when I went in the service, when I came out, twenty-two months later, I weighed two hundred and sixty-five pounds. <laughs> I always get a kick at it. So how how did that work? And I know you're the cook, but how how do you gain how do you gain weight in the service? I mean, not like muscle weight either. How do you gain that much? Well, I didn't gain. Well, I I even gained some weight in basic training. Basic training was tough on some of the people, you know, people, especially the ones from city. But us country boys, when basic training was just wasn't even a day's work, it wasn't, it wasn't anything uh, to do those the calisthenics and such, and a couple times a day. Uh, but one, I got into the the mess hall. And as a cook, why, food is pretty accessible. And when I was a company baker, and I would make these hot rolls, why, as soon as a a batch of hot rolls was coming out of the oven, why, I'd have one, put a patty of butter on there, on those hot rolls, go to the refrigerator, and all our milk came in, in bottles and uh, a half pint bottle, and I'd wash that down with a half pint of milk, and I'd probably have, in the forenoon, I'd probably have 
four or five of those. Every time a batch, every time another hot batch would come out, why well, yeah, I you got to test them. I've had one, and then uh, when lunchtime came, well, we always had, we always had some kind of either roast beef, roast pork, or turkey, or 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 steak. Why, well, you know, to have another hot roll with us. With some meat in it. So, a lot of carbs, is what you're yeah, saying. Those, yeah. those, those, those rolls. So, yeah, I, add did, up. I just. I, and, and then the, I, I also bake pies. And so I bake the, bake the, the sheep, sheep pies like Grandma does, you mm-hmm. know, with, a, with, a, with a apples and, or blueberries or uh, peaches or whatever. I bake those, bake a pie, and. and uh, I'd have after I had my one or two of my sandwiches. Well, then I'd have one or two pieces of pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta have your dessert. Oh man. Yeah, the food was always there, and it was always hot, and it was and it was good food. I got that table waiting job. That was kind of kind of different, you know, to get picked out of a, a, a group of 225, 30 men to get that job as table waiter. Uh, and I don't know why why I got that job, but the only thing I can think of is that when I was a cook over in in uh, Wisconsin, when I was the head cook of that for three months, uh, uh, feeding those officers, why one day, one day when it was, it rained the night before, and it rained all night, and the when I was on my shift, why I told the KPs to bring in a couple buckets full of coal and into the kitchen because we cook with coal, and they didn't do it. They didn't. They didn't do it, and I didn't check on them to find out it been doing. Well, it rained on the coal, so all I had was wet coal to try and start a fire in the morning to make coffee. And I, I, I went out at about three o'clock in the morning to, to get started at the kitchen. About I had two, three hours ahead of time. I'd have to go out and get the water boiling, and and because the troops would come for breakfast at six o'clock. Well, it, the, I wasn't getting get. Troop the and they were all second lieutenants. They were all ROTC trainers. They were there just right, from, right, right out of college. Yeah, they were just out of college. They they were second lieutenants, but but they hadn't had any. They were there for for physical training. They passed their tests, ROTC tests, and so they were officers. So they thought they were pretty important. Well, anyway, they they uh, were. Pounding the tables with their tin cups because I'd been the coffee wasn't any coffee and they were they 
making quite a lot of noise and really, really getting after me. The, I was in the kitchen and just one other guy was with me and we didn't have breakfast going because we couldn't get the, the stoves. Uh, uh, took a long time to get that coal started. I had, I had it going by the time they came, but I didn't have coffee made. Water wasn't boiling yet. Well, well the, the uh, head man was a colonel, and he was a bird colonel from Iowa, and he was also there doing his uh, reserve training. And every morning when he'd come to, to, for breakfast, our, our mess hall laid with, with the kitchen all the way across one end, and then the tables were down the, the, uh, for the rest of the building, and two tables on both sides of an aisle. And uh, every morning when the bird colonel would come, why then I'd holler attention, because I was the one that could see him. And then all these lieutenants would stand up, and the colonel would walk down and to his table, which was the very front table. And anyway, why I saw him go by the window in the in the uh, mess hall. I saw him come by, and he walked down to the end door where they where they came in. And and when he came or came in there, why he just went like this. He waved it off, so I didn't say nothing. And as he started walking down the aisle, we had. I suppose we had eight, we had 16 tables, I think, eight on a side. And as he started walking down the aisle, as the guys saw him go by, they quit beating their, their cups. And they started beating, quit, 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 quit. Then they got down to where there was only one table beaten, and they didn't know what the heck was going on. They looked around, and he see the colonel, and then they, they saluted, you know, and mm -hmm. got all nervous. And, and the colonel, he didn't say a thing. He didn't say a word. He just walked right around in the kitchen, put an apron on, and started frying eggs. And... Uh, and he did. He helped me serve serve that whole breakfast for all those guys, and uh, he was, you know, was just really a nice guy. Well, the only thing that the only reason that I think that I got that job as being table waiter for a general was I think he he probably said something. He probably. He probably said something to my commander down in, in uh, Fort Riley, Kansas. So when I got down there, that's the first thing. I just just got there, and the, and the uh, colonel, the general's aide, came right to where I was. I hadn't been there. I hadn't been back at camp just a uh, couple hours. And already, why, this colonel was there and wanted, said the general wanted to see me. And I went to see the general, and uh, he said that his his uh, table waiter was uh, 
getting discharged, and he wanted me to take his place. You don't say no. No. <laughs> well, that sounds like you a, don't say no. So I, I, I said okay. I mean, th I said I thanked him for the job, and and it was a good job. Let's go back and count some more sound from having to go uh, get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and work until 1 o'clock the next afternoon and and then then uh, that's if you had the day shift if you had the night shift or the, uh, well then you came had to come at 11 o'clock and you got had to work until almost midnight and uh, so Having a table waiter job, all I had to do was make sure that the table was set and that I had a, a relish tray that I had to put together every day uh, for the general. I had to put this relish tray together. And then when I got to be the, when I got <clears throat> went back to, to uh, camp, down at, Fort Riley campus after I was done with my three months in, in uh, Wisconsin at Camp McCoy well then I got that got the job of being table waiter for the general and when the general didn't eat his lunch why then somebody had to eat his lunch and I, I would take that because the when the troops had steak why the general had fillets. And yeah, that, you don't want you that know, to waste. You take a butterfly fillet, you take a fillet, it's about that thick, slice it right in the middle, butterfly it, tip it over, mm -hmm. and put that on a hot bun. Oh, that meat was so tender and so good. And, you know, I'd probably get one or two of those a week. That's about all, how often he'd get steak. And... They always had fillets for the general, and the general a lot of times would, even when he'd come for lunch, he wouldn't. He'd eat, he'd eat his salad, and that'd be about it. He'd get up and leave. So he wouldn't always eat it. The only time he'd eat a full meal is if he had guests. If he had a guest, and the, the guests were other generals, <clears throat> other generals, foreign generals, uh, and that <clears throat> that that happened uh, oh once or twice a week when they'd have have guests and always at the noon meal that they'd have, have guests. The general Alex worked for had some oddish habits, but when talking with Alex, the oddest thing I heard about was the relish tray that Alex would have to put together every day. Now, when we talked, I just kind of assumed this relish tray was your kind of your typical relish tray, but there was much more to it. And this, and but this was a this relish tray was a was quite a task because every day I had to take these celery sticks and carrot sticks and and cucumber slices and and. Uh, 
uh, olives and all the and onions and all, and all the stuff that I made this uh, relish tray out of. I had to make a village or something. It was. It wasn't just what I would think of as a relish tray, where it was just some carrots here, some celery here. You had to. It had to look yeah. nice. Yeah, and the and the tray was. Oh boy, it was. You know, it was an oval tray, and it was about this big, and it was a. It was a uh, mirror, mirror, and and you had that mirror had to not have any any spots on that mirror. That mirror didn't, you know. Had to be nice and clean, and that mirror was part of the part of the display. Most generally, was a lake of some kind, lake or oh, a really? river. That would I remember how I make these? Yeah, that that that's, your Christmas village, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's what, what I had to do. That's what that's that's kind of how I got started doing that village stuff. Because when I was in service, I had to make make a village out of this. Out of this tray, and I'd build buildings out of out of, uh, and I always had to peel the peel the uh, carrots and peel the celery, but I have to I made buildings or roads or animals or all kinds of stuff out of out of the and then he would pass it around if he had guests he'd pass it around so everybody could look at it, and uh, and then he'd pass it around they could take something off it. And, and but he never ate any, any of it that I know of. He never ate any off of himself. But I, and then on top of that, I always had to have ice on it, so it was always kind of fresh. And that ice had to be just so too. Uh, and I didn't want I, that ice couldn't couldn't put water spots on on irish on celery sticks and. So how how did that how did you make that work? Well, That's you, a, didn't, you didn't put that that ice on there until just before you served it. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, but you had to be really careful. You sprinkled that ice on there. Yeah, that was that was really a task. But he would he look at the he that's look at this look at this, and and uh, every day why he he marvel at uh, at this tray of all this stuff on there and that was you know it's a it got to be it got to be so it was hard to come up with a different idea every day uh, well like when I'd make stuff for the general and I'd slice potatoes he liked to have he liked raw potatoes really yeah he liked he liked uh, just like sliced potatoes, like a yeah. cucumber, you used to yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah. Really? He liked, he, liked, he liked to have raw potatoes. So, so when I would peel those potatoes, the skins off, and and get down to just a thin potato, raw potatoes. Why? Yeah, that was part of the that was part of the the food tray too. Yeah, yeah. So did you find yourself just like late in bed at night thinking, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? How am I going to... Yeah, that was all my, that was my my forenoon job besides besides having a table. A table, the table was a tea, and the general and his 
two aides, one on each side, would sit at the head table, and then would be one on each end, and then the table was was long, and and there'd probably be four. There's four on each side, so so when he have a full uh, amount of people, he'd have uh, fourteen about. I think fourteen people that I'd have to serve, and. Uh, one day, about the only, the only time he ever ever said anything to me, uh, complained, and he didn't complain directly to me. He comp complained to the one of his aides that the, he said the soup wasn't hot. Well, I had to carry that soup from. Well, that building was, the building was. Uh, uh, we had the, the dining room part was as long as this house, oh, wow. from here all the way to the garage. Wow! Not just to the garage. That's that dining room part, and then the kitchen was on the end of that, and the kitchen was was as big as this room. The yeah, at least as big as this room, and uh, and so when I dip up his his soup. Why? By the time I got it down, got to his table, why uh, it was cooled off some. But sometimes the soup wasn't really that hot when I dipped it out. So for that day on, why when I uh, went and delivered his soup, the first thing I did is put my finger in it to make sure that it was hot. <laughs> And I did that in the kitchen, make sure it was hot. If it wasn't hot enough, if it wasn't hot enough, I would make sure that I would get some, get the soup hot, even if I had to set it on the stove for a second. Because we didn't have a microwave or anything. Well, yeah. But, but, oh, from that day on, he always his soup was always so hot, and you could tell when it was hot because he, he, he wanted it hot, but he couldn't eat it hot. You know, <laughs> have, to, have to blow on it. Mm -hmm. So, so that uh, that was an experience. Yeah. Uh, and I did that for. Oh God, I did that for. Eight. I did it from. Let's see, I went back and. Be September, October, November, December. I did it for nine months. I got out the 22nd of June, and uh, and I did it the whole the whole spring. Uh, and the general uh, aide, anyway, the general was getting transferred to Washington D.C. and he. His aide come to me and he said, the general would like you to re-enlist and go with him to Washington, D.C. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go home and farm. And I, and I didn't want to re-enlist.
the songs for today's episode were The Cook in the Kitchen, Jig, Down Yonder by Del Wood, and Sound Off by Vaughn Monroe. This is Jonathan Larson. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to hear your stories soon. <laughs>